0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Season 5 of Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and joining me are my fellow Sequelizers, Tim Matum, How are you? Oh, would anyone care for a lovely game of rugby? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the man in the rugby top yeah. Mr. Matthews Dogden.
1: Merry Christmas Because <laughs> you forgot this was a Christmas movie
0: A <laughs> uh, Christmas movie that we're talking about in January Yeah, we're recording this in December It literally is Christmas in a week <laughs> Yeah, we're very close to Christmas And uh, Merry uh, Christmas uh, to all of our listeners Yeah and all those rugby fans out there. That's just me. It's a Venn diagram of me. <gasps> Japanese action and rugby mm. equals Matt Stockton's wet dream. Yeah, one of them. Sure. <laughs> if you haven't already guessed, we're here to fix Battle Royale 2
2: Requiem, Requiem slash
0: Revenge. Because <laughs> Requiem is the normal cut and the Revenge is the long cut. And I well, wish well, I had realised that. You say long cut, longer cut. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. The original it's, cut's it's, already it's, pretty fucking it's long. An, it's an hour and 45 or two hours and 12 or something ridiculous. No, it it's, it's more than that. Is it it's more than that?
2: It's
1: two, 2.15 or 2.35. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking
2: hell. <laughs> oh,
0: God. I thought so it was the other way around. We should run
1: this down because up until recently, you guys hadn't seen Battle Royale 2. Mm. We all, we've all seen Battle Royale 1, right? I, I hadn't yeah. seen Battle Royale for a long time. Yes, so, yeah, I hadn't seen yes. it for a long while. Yeah, right. Right. So... I well, I'll we'll get to me last. Tim, hmm. you saw Battle Royale Requiem? I did. The normal the theatrical normal release. The which is only, release.
0: only the 155 minute version yeah. or whatever the fuck no. 135
1: yeah, minute mm. version. Jack, hello. You watch Battle Royale 2 revenge, or
0: 155 <laughs> minutes of it? Yes, I did.
1: And I've seen, I don't know why <laughs> I've seen both, which means it'll be interesting if you guys start <laughs> saying like, wait, that didn't happen. Um, although interestingly, despite the fact there's an extra 20 minutes of footage, nothing um, extra is added in there's terms almost, of story
0: yeah. or action or plot or development or characters.
1: They mostly change
0: some of the visual effects. I had assumed the audio. they would explain the rugby. I was wrong
1: Damn right you were wrong
2: <laughs> Rugby is unexplained Rugby requires no
1: explanation Rugby has a lot of rules that requires a lot of explanation That's, that's very true <laughs> Passing forwards That's illegal What the fuck do you think if you If the doing? ball hits the floor We have to do a lot of different things <laughs> Depending on who's closest to it yes. And who falls Wait. over
2: first Rock In the fetal ball. position Wait it's a Tuesday Oh my god get me, <laughs> Let me get the book <laughs>
1: <laughs> Flick the page before.
0: Oh god so uh yeah, Battle Royale too. Battle Royale I think we can all agree is a bit of a classic.
1: Battle Royale, uh it's an interesting one because it was released in America later than it was Britain, which is one of the rare mm. examples of us getting things before America. And just like Star Wars. Like significantly oh. later.
2: Yeah, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Not like a day later or no, no, half no. now.
1: It, it was it was a long ass time. Uh, I think we got it almost the same year of release. Japan, maybe a little bit after. Really, six okay. it was quite mm. close. And I remember watching it as like a sixteen-year-old and thinking, "This is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my fucking life." It, yeah, it's Matt Stockton weird dream. Yeah, um, I, but I was going through a um, Japanesque, shall we say, at the time. I was like, 15. "Oh, you mean your life?" That's true. <laughs> it's, yeah, that chapter, i.e., the one that didn't end. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, this thirty-five long chapter. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, I, I discovered, um, let's see, when I was fourteen. Hentai. <laughs> I'm not that wrong. the no, silence. No, yeah, because I, I saw. Volumes. I, saw I saw Akira, Ghost in the Shell, <laughs> and Evangelion Gundam, and Urotsuki Doji, which is kind of <laughs> hentai. In I mean, the same yeah, year, pretty much, and then a couple of years later, like Battle Royale, for example, and it was like this is fucking great. I didn't because I would only seen the cartoon version, of Japanese, and watched a lot of Japanese films, right? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. You get into more older films, etc.
0: Uh, etc. Et I'm along similar sort of lines. I'd seen anime growing up. I was a huge Dragon Ball Z fan sure. and all that kind of stuff, and. Um, grew up i think i i watched ghost in the show when i was entirely too young which yeah. has been a theme for me if you remember my <laughs> predator yes. 2 experience and my aliens experience where i was like six or whatever i was when i saw predator 2 because yeah. i accidentally like stayed up or something and and i remember seeing battle royale when i was pretty young and i think it was the first live action japanese film i ever saw yeah and, and i mentioned Previously, that you know, me and my parents have kind of bonded over Japanese cinema in a lot of ways. Yes, my dad's a huge Western fan that, that kind of transitioned into Seven Samurai. Samurai, I mentioned that in the uh, end of the decade kind of summary we you mentioned did. before. Yeah. You mentioned Thirteen Assassins, Matt. That's right. Um, and Bow Royale was kind of a thing. Kind of a again, kind of a coming online for me. I'm like, oh yeah, there is stuff outside of Britain and America that is made that is really good. Yeah, and. Interesting and different and something I've not really seen before. Mm-hmm. And then The Hunger Games
1: came along, and then they ruined <laughs> Battle Royale and hell bit. I think Battle Royale still professors but I mean, it was. It's. A, I think for a certain generation of British people, especially, I think it's like the first Japanese film they probably mm. saw. Along mm-hmm. and then be, like, the Ring was around the same sort of time. Oh yeah, and uh, then maybe if you were really grudge, like, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that later Tetsuo yeah. and <laughs> yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it became the sort of. Uh, Semi awakening as well, but very small, sort of thing. And then uh, I think because on the same time, uh, Cartoon Network had Toonami and things, and they would show Japanese live action films, and it, it became this thing basically. Mm. Um, but because we got it before America, and because reviews were out saying it's really, really good and clever, and because it was doing an early wave of digital spatter effect of blood and things, it was amazing. And because also being 16, 17, or whatever it was at the time, and this was about kids being pushed around by adults, it's a, it was a very relatable subject. And it was just a really well-made film. Mm. Even though when you actually list the events of the film, remarkably straightforward. Mm. It's got very little to it. Um, The book itself, the original novel, is ever so slightly different. Film, again, ever so slightly different. Um, But they're all good in their own right. Um, And then a couple of years later, Battle Royale 2 comes out. And in my younger, more impressionable years, I thought, this is good. has rugby now. (laughs) I, I like, like rugby. I like rugby. I was playing rugby at the time. And it was all good, except for the fact that I thought, it's a bit... It's a bit... uh a bit convoluted. It's a bit, it's a bit slower. There's a lot more action in a way, but also it's not as good, and it's kind of dull.
0: And <sighs> I don't think I like this. The, the key thing that I really, really noticed, especially in the first sort of like 45 minutes or so, is that the tension in Battle Royale is so... Centered on the "who's gonna die next" thing, you yes, literally get yes. the counter and the like, the number that comes up and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff in Battle Royale 2, A million people die in like ten <laughs> seconds. It is ridiculous. There's no connection. for some reason they have a fucking D-Day remake, like a beach <laughs> a, a, be- a beach storming scene yeah. that is actually really quite well shot and interesting and yeah. like is a cool idea to send the kids off to fight in a island like you know like a.
1: Iwo Jima kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah.
0: And then then it's just like, oh, boy 526, girl 324, Mm. boy 546, boy 15, (laughs) boy 18, girl 15, girl 89, girl 64. Who are these people? What's We don't care about these people because they're all dead. Yeah, You haven't given us a chance to care about these characters yet, which is what Battle Royale does so well. The first one is makes you care about those characters. And then, oh, shit. They start dying. And in to its credit, I mentioned Hunger Games earlier, towards the end it kind of has that similar thing as well, of like, oh, you learn the backstory of these characters or yes. why they're in this position or whatever, and then you start killing them off and that makes the tension of like, maybe the who we think is the protagonist is not the protagonist. Maybe the that guy's going to survive mm, or that mm. girl's going to survive or whatever. Battle Royale 2 doesn't really have that. mm 'Cause it very quickly isn't a Bath Royale film, which is another weird thing. Yeah. Which works in certain ways. I think the, the, the direction they go in can be interesting, and I think that's something you will address later on, Mr. Stoggs.
1: Yes, most definitely.
0: But for me that that's the, the biggest kind of reason you mentioned how dull it is. Like it's mm, slow yeah. and plodding and then they kill off like half of the cast in the first twenty minutes for some yeah. reason and then don't really do much with it for the next hour. And then the last half an hour is like, and there's loads more fighting again, Mm -hmm. and the military show up, and you're like, okay. What about that middle segment?
1: The best way I could describe it is it rushes to get nowhere. Um, Um, Absolutely. That's a perfect way of summarizing my last five minutes of rambling. (laughs) Sorry, it's it's like half an hour of establishing characters kind of tries to do that, and then the only ones that seem slightly interesting, they kill off in the first two minutes of that section. And then the idea of pairing them is really solid, except all it does is wipe them out faster, Mm. and then the it doesn't really bring much to the story or the characterization. You get a few... Oh my God, that's you know. Jackal Novis from the uh, Revenge Edition. You get a lot more flashbacks. Yes. Um, <laughs> a lot more slow motion as well. There's only a little bit of slow motion in, in the original cut. There's like a lot of... The, we'll go over slow motion for this one bit of a scene for some reason. The death acting in this. Film oh, it's is
0: f- fucking terrible. It's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> There's so
1: many like... Extravagant.
0: Platoon style, like wiggling your arms about as much <laughs> as you can. Everyone is fucking Willem Dafoe from Platoon. Yes. And their necks are exploding all over the place. And it's just the worst bad acting example I can think of in, in recent memory of these. Because at least, like, we talk about Dark Knight Rises. We talk about Despicable Me 3. Mm. Neither of those were like, there's really bad acting and you can really notice it. Like, the shots <laughs> are really badly put together. Because, like, the voice acting in Despicable Me films is pretty good. It's, functional, it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, it works really well. And, like, as, as weird as Tom Hardy is... It's an interesting performance. There's no like weird standout bits. Where you're like, well,
1: why are they shot? Your it like problem that? is more the, like... the way it was recorded, rather than the actual yeah, delivery. Exactly, in a way. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah,
0: but the delivery of some of this, like, I think it's because a lot of them I weird.
1: think were from television, more than else. By
0: inexperienced actors and stuff. Yeah, I think. Right. Well, to
1: right. a degree, I know that um, some of them, were in, like Carmen Rider and stuff like that, and uh, it makes sense. They uh, they do feel like TV act. Mm. I and mean, also, more accurately, very Japanese, Japanese TV. TV and, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I I I found this one uh, this one interesting. Um did,
0: did you not fall asleep during it? <laughs> I believe that did, was that was part of your have,
2: review. I may have fallen asleep. Did <laughs> you feel it? 20 minutes fresher than Jack though? <laughs> I did. I did feel. Oh. Um yeah, I, I like I quite liked the concept, the kind of I, I mean, it's a better suicide squad film than suicide squad. <laughs> I agree. It's um, a low
0: fucking bar, but sure. Yeah.
2: Um it actually answered one of the problems that i have with the original battle royale um Ooh, which is not enough rugby <laughs> which is not enough rugby where's, where's all the rugby um, was my question uh no which is that in the original battle royale and correct me if i'm wrong because it's been a while since I'm I, saw, ready. I saw this the uh the class of students is picked at random um seemingly so yes yeah, yes. yeah. because to me that doesn't like that kind of doesn't make any sense, because if you're trying to get your teenager citizens to behave better, surely you incentivize them by saying the worst class is going to be the one that gets sent to an island to yeah. kill people. So the idea of to these kill, kids kill specifically is like, of yeah. course they'd go, that's yeah. what you get. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. in this film, you, they do specifically say... like,
0: become battle royale. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: They, they do specifically pick out like, oh, it's a class where it's 30% punks and 30% Rugby, featuring idiots. that
0: kid from Hook for some reason, <laughs> yeah. and, and also the, the
1: really um, awesome rugby player. There's still uh, like a really Weasley um, nerd kid. Yes, somehow yeah. in he's the bad in that boys, one. Yeah. I know he's in that yeah. school for, but yeah. yeah. We should probably address this because, I mean, with this, this season thus far, The Dark Knight, almost, I would say, 99% of our listeners are going to know exactly Dark Knight and I would and assume Dark
0: a higher percentage than that, but sure. 117% <laughs>
1: of our <laughs> Thank listeners. Thank you. Um, Despicable Me, people are aware of culturally and thematically. Yes, absolutely. Now, this is a niche one to a degree. it's a, mm. Battle Royale's a cult hit. It's so definitely think, a cult hit. And, and people yeah. understand the concept.
2: Yeah. Thanks to Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Or you, you can't tell, but I'm dabbing right or, now. Or, <laughs> or, or, or PUBG. We we don't don't yeah.
1: So in case, on the off chance, you are thinking, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Battle Royale is a Japanese film, initially, Um uh, based on a book or anything, and... It was about a fascist, fascistic, I should say, um, government run by Japan. And all the kids are misbehaving and being awful and unruly. So they throw them in this contest where you have to have a survival program. And it just, as you guys mentioned earlier, uh, getting a single class, they're kidnapped, chucked on an island... And they said, right, you have these explosive collars around your neck, you have X amount of days, I think it's three days or something, yep. to kill each other till one survives. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, there's also two transfer students who are actually previous winners, as it mm. were. And they're also, you know, basically PTSD riddled killers. Mm. Um, and and you all get a weird weapon. You, yeah, you get a backpack. Here's a, and here's a
0: pot and a pan. Good <laughs> yeah. luck.
1: Or a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, It's like yeah. Uzi or a pot. Yeah. you're like, yeah. that's... Or a fa- yeah, or a fan or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's a great story. It's a really simple premise. Uh, it's very well executed. It's very um, what's it's in the early two thousands. It was very ahead of its time as well in terms of filmmaking mm. stuff. It felt very not very like a standard Japanese film or uh saying Western cinema too much. Anyway, big success, huge cult hit. America got it eventually because of the violence aspect and did very well. Mm. Three years later, Battle Royale two comes out. Now. It's the same story to a degree, but there are some significant shifts. Mm. One being they're picking up exactly where they left off, and Nanahana Shuya, the main kid who survived effectively from the first battle royale, is starting a terrorist group. And again, this is 2003. Uh, and like <laughs> War on Terror. The film era. opens
0: yeah. with towers being bombed and falling to the ground. Mm-hmm. I was like literally with the, I don't know what the song's called. But that really dramatic
1: song—it's uh, the Mozart, isn't it? Dice, yeah, it's the um, Mozart thing. thing the yeah. Mass. yeah, yeah,
0: incredibly dramatic. And I'm like, that's a weird opening shot. Then the bombs go off, I'm like, fuck me, they're doing nine eleven. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, there, there's no, it's, there's no fucking yeah. pussyfooting around this shit. It's, it's quite intense. It's two mm. towers—the uh, literally the first thing you see is two towers fall to the ground, mm-hmm. like pancaking in World Trade Center style. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's bold as fuck, and to its credit, it is bold as fuck because the message here is America's not great. <laughs> See, this is the interesting <laughs> and one, and it kind of works in that way. Hmm. I kind of, I'm not necessarily agree with Shuya, the main character. Well, not the main character, mm-hmm. like you said, the the survivor from the first one, yes. and the the lead terrorist, I guess. Um, yeah, he leads uh, Wild Seven. Yes, great name, Wilder Wild Seven.
2: That. Screwed me over because uh, there was a game uh, that I ha- had on the PlayStation called Wild 9, and so <laughs> I, it, which was about a weird, uh, I guess, kind of group of freedom fighters. But yeah, they were in space and it was uh, made by the same people who made Earthworm Jim. So it was like wacky and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, although it did also involve a lot of torture. Um, but yeah,
0: <laughs> like all fun things. do. Yeah.
2: Uh, very different to this film.
1: <laughs> oh, this is in no way important, but it's very important. It was Verdi, not uh, Mozart. Ah, there we go. Sure. Uh,
3: but
0: that, want... that song is epic. Uh, yeah, and, it's, it's very appropriate. It sets lots... the fucking tone mm. pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Um, but the second film then does a really clever thing, which we all sort of like, mm. sort of where it was starting, yeah. and then gets really fucking dull. Mm. So it sets the kids off to, as in this news truanting, dis- misbehaving school of kids, yeah. off to find these uh, Terrorists on an island Not to find them To assassinate, Sorry, them. It's my choice, they, assassinate They're them.
0: specifically there To assassinate Shuya Namamura Yeah And you have 72 hours Otherwise you will die Yeah And they, they, they don't
2: They don't get given Pots and pans They get given Assault rifles And bulletproof vests It is a
0: full Children military well, thing, thing Which is, is obviously is, A commentary on that as well Yeah But
1: And it's motivating Through all kinds of things And it's great And it starts off On a positive Except it's like Half an hour Before I actually get And that's what the hell's mm, going
0: on There's a lot of Shouting in a gym With a white line Down the middle For yes. like
1: Fifteen minutes, which is not as good as uh, Katano. No, Takeshi. Takeshi doing uh, uh his whole thing like clapping along to the TV, and then all being in this classroom. It's, it's a very different. Yeah. It's the same scene, basically, mm. shot yeah. differently, and doesn't really work as well at all. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but we'll come back to that. We certainly will. But it's interesting because they still keep the aspect of it being televised, mm. or at least you know promoted. And there's the aspect where the um, the bus arrives at the complex. And the same TV uh, anchor, as it were, from the first film mm. says, oh, by the way, all the uh, suits are, and watches and stuff are provided by the sponsors. And you're like, mm. oh, okay. that, that yep. it, mm. it works in that way. Satire. Yeah. Mm. And then they say, oh, by the way, we're going to give you the guns, but not the bullets. You get those when you arrive on the island because you don't want them shooting us. And it's like, mm. yeah, that makes sense. That, it's dumb, but it makes sense because mm. you want them to live long enough. Then when they arrive, the, some of the crates come down and they go, oh, no, I got a dud. And it's like just full of like, Toilet paper. Yeah, and it's like, wait, why are you? Are you, you pulling pranks on them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want them to win? But then also the idea is there's this is one island, and it's like, why don't you just bomb the island? Which Sampy, they do. We. Well, they we, Yeah, the Americans just get. The Americans, into, suck yes, fuck it. We're, We're done just now. Nuke yeah.
0: the fucking thing, basically.
1: It is interesting because there is a lot of sort of Japanese internal politics going on here, because and external politics against the Americans. Well, yeah, because the the idea about just general the idea of the state of society in Japan and it's very different from a Western society because the idea of a community aspect. Everyone, if you're not serving the whole, you're not serving as it is, and it's, mm. it's all part of of a Eastern culture. Sort you
0: need of to um, contribute to society in a, in a work, in a functional way. Yeah. Functional way, exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah. Whereas. In this movie, it addresses the fact that Japan, because of the history of the war, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, with World War II, Japan isn't allowed an army. Hmm. As in, they're not allowed, like, a slap child, but obviously of yep. war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not allowed <laughs> an army. A arm- slap
0: child who committed lots of war, war crimes. crimes.
1: Um, but they're not allowed an army, so they have a defence force, um, and they go to, like... S- they went to uh, Mogadishu and stuff like that, and they were allowed just to mostly watch, it seems. and But they couldn't, like, couldn't, like carry guns, for example. It's a very strange situation. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, it has built up this sort of resentment of America at times. Mm. Not all the time, obviously. There's still a lot of you know good relations and such. Mm. But this film didn't portray any of that. And this was again in 2003 mm. when the war on terror was happening, mm. and it was all and
0: everyone was pro America. Yeah, because it was. If you weren't, you're
1: a monster and a terrorist. We were right, all guys? eating freedom fries. Yes, it was all. It was a very different time. Mm. But yeah, so th- this film starts fine. And then gets real fucking dull and spends about another hour and twenty minutes, maybe a little longer, with just everyone just, just being on the island. Sitting around. Mm-hmm. Sitting around cowering in sheds. Not like Lord of the Fly style either. No, where no, it's no, like no. actual politics. It's just them just sitting around just a lot of looking lot looking miserable and
2: looking like they are they've wandered in from the set of uh the
1: uh old Australian kids programme, The Tribe. Oh wow, yeah. that's a reference. <laughs> and yeah, I completely see what you're saying. <laughs> Um, I think I'll say round the twist. Never <laughs> know. <laughs> um, yeah, so effectively speaking, it has all the po- uh, the potential as a story and a film, but there are, I think, two fundamental major problems with this. The first is that it doesn't know what to do with itself. The story, unfortunately... Like you said, it builds to nothing. Exactly. It, it collapses so quickly under its own weight. It, it has a lot of premise. It has a lot of a, a strong idea. Um... There's even hints at the start with the fact that the teacher um, has his own necklace, his own collar, mm. and it's like that's that's interesting, weird. yeah. And obviously they play up later, and it goes all fine, yeah. I just want to uh,
2: jump in there because mm. uh, the teacher, um, who's played by an actor called uh, Ricky Takeuchi, yes, is playing himself, yes,
1: a
0: version of himself, pretty much, yeah.
1: It's very surreal. It's
0: just sort so of like weird. a weird Japanese Elvis. Mm-hmm. Ish? What? Was it like who, though he's who? a weird greeter can I? Can
2: was it I Tim who came up with the best analogy? I think it, it was. It was, well, my analogy was if it, it's like if in The Hunger Games, instead of Katniss's advisor being Elizabeth Banks playing Effie Trinket, it was Eric Roberts playing Eric Roberts. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's such a great comparison. It's
3: like,
1: Yeah. That's so weird yeah. because because
2: yeah. The, the, I, I had a quick look at his kind of career and he's basically he's best known for direct-to-DVD like, gangster films. He is Yakuza stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and was also weirdly involved in wrestling somehow. It's Japan.
0: Yep. Everyone's involved in wrestling in Japan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, Mostly the Yakuza.
1: The second major problem, other than they don't know what to do with themselves and therefore the film just runs out of steam mm-hmm. so quickly, uh, is the fact that this was kind of a doomed production from the start because of the nature of the director. Director of Battle Royale, the first original Battle Royale, uh, Kinji Fukatsuka, is someone who was a very accomplished and capable act, uh, director and then died, unfortunately. Yeah. And he filmed, I think, one scene for this film. I don't think it was even fully written at that point, but his son, Kenta Fugatsuka, um took over and... He wasn't as experienced a director, and it unfortunately very much shows. Functionally, the, the film is is fine, but some of the choices are a little bit vanilla, basically. Um, and subsequently, we end up with a, a, a meandering film. And we were watching um, together, just before recording, um, footage from an advanced screening in Japan. Not the premiere itself, I don't think. Um, where they were just interviewing different cast members on the stage. And he comes on the stage and very bluntly just says, yep, there was a lot of concern about this film, but uh, we got it done. And I brought my father's ashes with me. And (laughs) in a gym bag. It was so very... So weird. It's so surreal. But it's obviously clearly a very traumatic time. And it's like, as much as I hate to say this, he was the very worst choice for this film. Because if you're just literally getting over your father's death and taking over the legacy of, let's face it, one of his last and best films, Mm. fucking stay away from it. And it's not like this is a film where
2: you can put up a touching thing at the end, being like dedicated to my father. Like, like this is not a good film to work out your grief on.
1: No, not really, not in any way, shape, or form. And his son wrote both films, I I believe. Kenta, Kenta wrote both, yeah. And which is so strange.
0: Yeah, because he, I think he got co-writers in for the second one, Mm. or like at least some some help, some script treatment, or whatever it was. And I think that hurts it in a lot of ways because yeah. it feels like four or five different ideas all smushed together and kind mm. of like you said, that doesn't really go anywhere. But if it's not based on any original material. That it, yeah, that yeah. also hurts it as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah. So much of it feels like it's just kind of treading water, yes. waiting for the
0: film. Sometimes literally on the beaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
2: sort of. It feels like a, a, the the actors are all standing around waiting for the director to come in and go like. No, 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 I've had an idea now. We're, we're going to go to this said, scene. Yeah. It's time yeah.
0: to act. Like, oh, okay. It's a weird thing. Like I said, the the first... There's some great action ideas in here. And there's some really cool moments that kind of set up certain character development options that yeah. just don't really explore. And like you said, Matt, the the pairing up thing could be really interesting. Yes they explore it like once and that's about it and they have most of them that are just kind of like cowering and oh you're in the the dead zone if you don't move your your mate's gonna die Mm -hmm. and they're like oh well
1: it it is very they're so
0: paralysed by fear that their friends die it's like you feel like that would be motivation yeah and maybe You escape a couple of times, and then there's that one moment where you can't escape, and then your friend dies, and then you deal with the consequences of that. And that's what you're describing as Battle Royale 1. (laughs) Correct, exactly. Where there's character development and interpersonal relationships Mm. and drama instead of just melodrama for the sake of melodrama, Mm. and a weird emo Shuya who's just sat there in his Uh. fucking toga.
1: Waste of a character, He's, and they uh, they completely fucking sideline Noriko as well. I was so angry. Mm. She just turns up in Afghanistan at the end, and You're like, the fuck! I was <laughs> waiting
0: for, and they mentioned Noriko. Like, oh my god, if you, what was she like, and all this kind of stuff. They really hype her up as this yeah. like amazing, like freedom fighter type thing. And like, she was incredible. She was great. She's not in this movie. Like, so she's, why? She's got pretty high billing. Like, she's mentioned in the in the <laughs> cast list and in the posters and stuff. Mm. Oh, she's in the last eight fucking seconds. <laughs> yep. In a hijab
1: <laughs> in Afghanistan. Yeah. What the fuck? It's a, it's a weird move. I get... I don't get why. So they're Al-Qaeda now, I guess. Well, this is kind of the thing, because it makes that connection with the idea of, like, child soldier sort of stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. So th- the message that they try and say, because
0: they send a very, like, pro-refugee kind of message and you see all these poor starving kids and you know some people out in the Middle East are the native people and they're fighting for their rights and the western people have come over and bombed the fuck out of their cities I'm getting fairly political now but Mm. this film made me do it (laughs) and you know I feel Mm. like the us not us personally but the west in general is known for sticking its nose in where it doesn't belong colonialism it, mm-hmm. colonialism vietnam is a perfect <laughs> idea of that mm. and the war on terror and the second gulf war and all this yeah. shit is like why are we here oh because tony blair committed some lies and war crimes mm. that's why yeah and they try to address that and then they're like And therefore, the Taliban is fine. And you're like, Mm. wait, what? It's very... Has nobody noticed the
1: Japanese women Mm. in Al-Qaeda? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? See, the things that are named, it's all just sort of like, oh yeah, there's armoured vehicles, and it's obviously jeeps in the middle of the desert. And and it does say very clearly, Afghanistan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like... it. it, Oh, I should point out that in the Requiem cut, it's a very short scene. In the Revenge cut, it's longer. It's... Eight
0: minutes? Yeah. Must the, be. It must original, be nearly ten minutes. Right. it maybe like two. There's yeah. a full conversation. Over the and credits. And there is a panning shot of starving children that lasts for about 90 seconds. See, there's
1: an interest. It, it does make sense for it to be there in a way, sort of, because of the idea of the general overarching theme of adults have been fucking over kids forever. And, and they, the
0: West has been fucking over the East forever. Mm, correct.
1: And that's, that's... Those things mesh quite well. They do. And could be
0: fantastic, like, thematic concepts. Yep. For a film to structure its fucking plot around, yeah. but it does not work. But here. it does not do that. It just talks about rugby for forty-five <laughs> fucking minutes.
1: That's also true. Uh, Ricky uh, Takaguchi saying, uh, "I just want to play rugby with you guys." And it's like, no, 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 no. He doesn't say that. He says, "I've always wanted to play rugby with you." Tackle you
0: 16, the ground, sixteen-year-old. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, it's all,
2: and, it, and it's also. He's playing himself, so it's like Eric Roberts showing up <laughs> at like a Swindon high school and saying, I've heard you guys are real good at field hockey.
1: I've always I've wanted, always wanted to hockey. play
2: field hockey with you. Me,
1: Eric Roberts. Hi, <laughs> Eric Roberts. And then he goes for a try in the last second running towards an explosion. It's so oh,
0: weird. It's a... oh, it, it it gets so close to doing some clever things. And, it really does. And having... A a theme that pulls through the rest of the concept and pulls through the characters, and maybe having Shuya as this like PTSD-ridden freedom fighter that the only thing that drives him is the fight against the people that have done this to them. Yeah, kind of works. Mm, I can mm. totally believe that. Mm. It's a great start. I mean, I hate to reference it again. It's fucking Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. The people from the fighty bit turn. Against the rich people that did all the things, the bad things, that made them in the fighty thing in the first place. Yep. And they take their weapons and the knowledge from the fighty bit and fight the rich cunts who need killing. Yeah. Makes sense. Could could kind of work. Could work. Nope. Didn't. Couldn't <laughs> do much with it. Nope.
1: Sure yeah. He doesn't just, he sits, do anything. He sits in a room for for the the of candles. For the entire fucking movie. He sits in a room of candles like it's a Backstreet Boys video. And it's like a somber song. He's he's got a great great wardrobe. I
2: did like that moment. Like the first introduction to him, where he's got like the blanket over him and then there's just blankets uh, and candles everywhere. Yeah. I was like, it's a pretty good shot. It's pretty pretty styling. I mean, it does does look like he's in a meatloaf video. Yeah. (laughs) What's weird is
1: in the Requiem version, that's one or two shots. In the Revenge version, it's four or five different shots. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There is. No reason it adds nothing except to the runtime.
0: Speaking of that shot in particular, and there's another one. I'm trying to think what it is. I think it's one of the many uh, neck collar explosions. Sure. Super, super zoom close-ups to people's faces to the point that the camera goes out of focus. (laughs) That's great movie making, right, guys? Because we want to zoom in on Shuya from across the room. (laughs) Because that's how cameras work. In two thousand and three, yeah, when you don't have things like a manual zoom adjuster, apparently, <laughs> mm-hmm. or digital zoom, or whatever the fuck, they just like nah, we'll just keep we'll, we'll, keep, push, the, we'll keep we'll keep the focus at like three feet in front of us. <laughs> He's fifteen feet across this weird like underground tunnel. Yeah, but we'll just keep on zooming.
1: It, it's a very there are a lot of really odd moves, but then also with the collars that do have the problem as well of. Um, right from the start when they talk about the collars they establish a very very long run time for beep 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 he's like how long is this and you realise it goes on yeah
0: and on and even when it's going
3: me yeah that goes on for right. as well
0: wait a minute it's still going yeah and there are a couple of moments where I'm like okay he's de- dead hit mm, no, no Boom. there it is <laughs> <laughs>
1: there we go finally it's a full on like 15 second yeah
0: long beep at the and end. And then you realise
1: it's because they can do speeches. <laughs> and to so everyone who does, well, like we need monologue. Yeah, you get some monologues. And also, on top of that, sometimes you're like, oh, this person's running away from a from the cholera exploding. Oh, no, I don't want to die. And they're running away and it's like, should we just have a bullet tag him so we don't have to worry about the whole 15 second thing? Yeah, yeah problem's <laughs> off. <laughs> over whatever mine. Nah, yeah, exactly.
2: Off. Well, it's incredibly inconsistent as well. That's, That's a, like a huge problem some, Sometimes it, yeah. people die pretty B-b-b-b- quickly. Bang. And, yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: And then half an hour later
2: meep just to just to leap back to the kind of technical issues with the film yeah Um. Uh, a lot of people here you know if you're listening to this in January you may have uh, gone back to your parents house for Christmas and you've probably had to switch off motion smoothing on their television because they don't, <laughs> they don't know what's going on um, I so, really
0: wondered where you were going with that sentence. I was like, aha, yep. that's where you're going with so that sentence. So if, if you're you
2: familiar know. with with kind of switching on a movie and just being like, what the fuck is wrong with everyone's faces and movements here? Oh, I know. It's great. I'll turn that off. Oh, wait,
0: <laughs> you can't.
2: <laughs> it's great when a film shot on film, um, or possibly shot on digitally, but shot at you know 24 or 25 frames per second, yes, yeah. suddenly switches over to b-roll documentary footage that it's stolen from news shows where it's filmed <laughs> on video and is running at 60 frames per second Ugh. and you just go oh this is stolen from the news at 10 <laughs> hurts my eyes yeah it, it Great. is i really wanted to be dragged kicking and screaming out of this film
3: <laughs> just like be like and here we are oh look
2: real people in pain <laughs> yeah
1: i was enjoying the hyper violence and <laughs> now i'm sad <laughs> did we make you think i mean yeah but not the way you think yeah, you want yeah. me to. It, it is a very odd film. And also a very unfortunate film because it had so much potential, as we said, and kind of pissed it off the wall. In a way, like The Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, again, the best bit is, let's face it, the opening sort of Absolutely were, it is,
0: yeah. The
1: difference is those were based... Actually, no, they're based in the books as well. So, yeah. uh, Battle Royale as a book is a singular standalone thing. And mm-hmm. much like... I'm not saying you could never do a sequel to this because... I think we do a pretty good job.
0: I mean, you're about to Matt. We're well, going to try just to just to tease the listeners, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in case you haven't clued in on the the format yet, the, the oh, nature yeah. of this podcast. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we moan and then we try and set things right. Uh, it's our a, it's a thing. That's my sex life. And I think it's also something that you can't really do again because, especially the the reach and extent of the Hunger Games. Because when Hunger Games came out, and I know it's based on obviously novels and things. I just as as many people did.
0: Oh, Battle Royale. Oh, it's Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. I did the same and, thing. But
1: but shit. And then watching, think, oh, this is actually
0: quite good. I argued with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, I'm like it's you know it's basically battle royale, right? What's that? Like it's the Hunger Games for Japanese. And better. Uh, we ended up watching Battle Royale together, and she was like, "Ah, oh, that's all right for Hunger Games." <sighs> she's not my girlfriend anymore. <laughs> I she's uh... buried in my bag. Her
1: collar exploded <laughs>
0: <laughs> after half an hour of peeping.
1: That does sound like she's an animal, though. Let's move yeah. on from that. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay. I think the, uh, not not to be uh, instantly killed by my two co-hosts. Oh, you I Hunger Games I'd loving piece of shit. I prefer Battle Royale too. I, uh, I do like the Hunger Games and I also think that the, um, in a lot of ways, the setup of the society makes more sense than Battle Royale. That's fair, that's fair. Um, Could you
0: clarify how much of the Hunger Games you like, please? You do. mean the first two, right? yeah good okay yeah I agree Uh, the first
2: first two little bits of the third not really the fourth
0: yeah that's fair agreed I don't dislike
2: it
1: the world building makes more it's 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 more in depth the fact
0: that I know a lot of people and Matt kind of touched on this earlier Mm. is like when it's people's first exposure to Japanese cinema Mm. and even now a lot of people maybe who aren't Mm. into world cinema or non-English speaking countries you know output into Mm. Hollywood and stuff like that it's kind of a big thing for me to say, like, yeah, it's, it's like Hunger Games, but Japanese and people are like, mm. ugh, they have subtitles. You know? Yes, thing, yes yeah. it does have subtitles. Don't watch the dub. dub's terrible. Uh. Like, there's, like, fan-dubbed versions. And I'm like, Bollocks. I like, mm. no, nah, don't do that. Um, but I think it, it, that's kind of a barrier for a lot of people, and I'm the one that's been making most of the Hunger Games references. Mm. I think that's a big, like, sticking point for a lot of people is, like, well... It's already been done by the Western world, so why don't I see the Japanese version? Like, I think you, they're, they're, very they're very they are different. They're very different, yes. yes yeah. And I think it's a quick comparison to make, and like I said, it's one I've been making a lot recently, but they're different enough films that they can stand alone, and as you said, Tim, you can enjoy both. Mm. And yeah. I do. I I, I'm, I think you're not going to get killed by either me or <laughs> <and> Matt, because <laughs> no, we agree great. that the, uh, yeah. the yeah. first two are pretty good. Mm. Yeah, and then you get the weird dog people in the fourth one, and mm. what the fuck? And then he's in a coma, and then he's evil, and he's not evil, and he's fine, and then everything's fine. Yeah. What the fuck? Anyway. And and love
1: triangles. Nothing bad about love triangles. There is a love triangle in Battle Royale, but it pans out really quickly, and it's yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So again, it's unfortunate. I think it can never be a case of coming back to Battle Royale. You can't do a remake. You can't really, and I say you can't. You know, someone always someone mm. always fucking tries. But it was a cultural touch point at some point that you couldn't really replicate, I don't think. So, arguably, it's one of those classic instances where we're going to try and fix something with our brains and our memories and our imaginations, boys and girls. Because we're never going to see anything like this, I don't think. No, definitely not. Before we fix Battle Royale 2, we should talk about uh, the other really important thing in our lives right now. ASMR? Stitcher premium hey, which nice. probably does have some ASMR podcasts probably um, there must be hundreds of ASMR yeah. podcasts right I must confess I haven't heard any personally so I don't know
0: of the three of us it was gonna be you it so. would be me but yeah. I
1: haven't I haven't actively sorted out yet Matt, Matt personally commissions all his ASMR I could. So other than ASMR podcast, there's lots of different podcasts on stitch.com slash premium. And if you go on the website, there are two different payment options. There's either monthly, which is four ninety nine dollars a month, or alternatively yearly, $34.99 a month. We're laughing because I keep saying annum. <laughs> 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 and effectively, yeah, you, uh, once you get to that stage, you can use our promo code SEQUALIZERS. You know how to spell it. We trust you now. It's week three. You guys are on it. Um, and you get the first month free, which is great. And then we've used the service in the past. There's lots of cool things on there. I particularly like uh, the PBS show, American Masters. Just tons of interviews. Things. There was, there's a fucking John Carpenter. They're in like half an hour long. There's a John Carpenter one. I don't think um, I've
0: ever heard John Carpenter interviewed. I see. He's really I interesting. I've never kind of gone out of my way to find one. I've never really thought about it. It never occurred to me. But I'm, yeah. intru- I'm intrigued.
1: I think and that's the thing, because they're only like short 20, 30 minute episodes. They're actually really quite interesting. I think the most recent one at the time of recording was Ethan Hawke. Um, but they do all kinds of things. not just actors. There's also like musicians and various bits of pieces and different artists and oh, okay. just, again, American individuals. But it, the John Carpenter one is always funny because of the fact that whenever Carpenter talks, he has such a droll, dry voice. But he's saying stuff that's quite passionate about film especially. There's one moment where he's talking in an interview, not specifically this one, but a different one where he's talking about Halloween um, and his journey to filming the first Halloween film and how he won an Oscar for his short film. But UCLA... Took it because I said, Well, you used our stuff, and he still holds a grocery estate that he's you know, he is an Oscar winner, effectively, but they own it because it was their thing. So he's always like, dec- it sort of almost shaped the path of his career nice. and how he's like, always been like mm. independent, owning stuff. And again, stuff you get from interviews in podcasts and things like that, you can find yourself on Stitcher and other different formats and things like that. So if you do, it helps the show. So it's a very, very big thank you from us. If you don't, uh, fuck you. Yeah, it's available
0: on iOS and Android devices. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm an Android man myself, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I really like the app. Jacks like the a lamp. robot.
1: I am. <laughs>
0: Please, please. Androids are not robots, <laughs> Timothy.
1: They're mechanical human beings. <laughs> exactly,
0: and uh, yeah, I really like the app. I like you can build like playlists and stuff, which I really like. Having like a theme for, like, oh, I really want to listen to all my wrestling podcasts and yeah. I put them all in one place, or all my D D podcasts to put them all in one place, or whatever. I like being able to kind of customize it to my mood and stuff like that. And, which yeah. you don't get with a lot of other apps as well. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a very like versatile. And I like that it's built for podcasts as well. It's none of this like, it's another thing that also plays podcasts yes. But you got to download them and load them into the app mm. from files on your thing. Yeah. Because a lot of Android stuff is built like, oh, you have to root your device and then find the folder with the files in yeah. and then the media player will play the things. But sometimes it doesn't play the things. Stitch is so easy. You just click the plus to subscribe. Mm click the download button to download stuff. You can set it to download the new episodes or download all the episodes or yeah. download them once per day so you have them ready for tomorrow, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It's a useful little podcast playing app.
1: We get a lot of uh, queries and questions every now and again about, oh, you guys make your episodes in various bits and pieces, obviously. But then, oh, it's not on the thing I've been looking for. I was like, yes, it is. Everything's on the RSS feed. It all links in. Yep. Which again, it means that you never have to look for stuff. It's already, if you're subscribed to our channel on that thing, your little tick on Stitcher, right. it's all there. But when people say, oh, I listen to this or I use this program, I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, I I know people have familiarity. I'm always, I'm
0: always fascinated by the people that download it directly on SoundCloud. Yeah. I've never gone to SoundCloud directly for a podcast in my entire life. I used to before I found apps
1: <laughs> um, because uh, it, it's almost like, oh, I guess this is the place it comes from. It's like, No. Uh, you can literally have other much you know, more keenly designed things. That are, this is almost just a, a, a housing for it. Um, so, yeah, um, as much as it seems like we're being sort of cynical, buy, 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 sell our thing. But in truth, it's genuinely a good thing. So if you are listening to this show now and you're thinking to yourself, actually, I've been using SoundCloud. Or I've been using something that doesn't really work for me. The new Apple what the fuck ever if, is if causing problems. If you want problems.
0: some versatility and some good like podcast focused mm. app usage, then yeah, yeah, I highly recommend Stitcher.
2: I currently use, um, I have a, a gentleman in West Texas who <laughs> downloads it <laughs> off of SoundCloud's RSS feed and then plays it to me over a CB radio.
0: But, mm. um, Brick a Brick or One 9 Uh, can I can I guess his name? Um, you can feel free to. Is it? Bill Candy.
2: It might just be Bill Candy. Bill but, Candy. Um. Uh. I think I'm going to switch to Stitcher because it does sound a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You should. It's a, like only. Like, Tim, if you do that, you get a month fucking free from us. Holy if, shit! If you use our promo code, you'll get a free month. Yeah. So enjoy Stitcher Premium,
1: Tim, and, and again, the listeners. I know it sounds like being, you know, frivolous considering we're banging on about Patreon all the time and you know money and things like that, but. $35 a year is actually quite reasonable for the service. I was, very
0: su- I was pleasantly surprised by that, yeah. I'm not going to
1: lie. And that's not me, like... I'm not the kind of
0: guy that would chill for some corporate same, bullshit. Same, same with us. I wouldn't just suck a corporate dick just because they told me to.
1: That's why we wouldn't make these these sequels, is we wouldn't say, oh, okay, I'll just make that for you then. Exactly. Bullshit.
0: Let's churn out Despicable Me 3 and yeah. make it 80s, because 80s is hot right now. No, we do not do that shit. No. And, uh, yeah, Stitcher is a genuinely good product, and we appreciate their support, and... If you can go and support us via Stitcher, we'd really appreciate it. It helps, yeah. I,
1: I do like the idea that every episode we'd do more of these and Tim uses more of the service. And so by episode 10, he's like, this is really fucking good. <laughs> it's like, you're right, Tim, it is.
0: So with that out of the way, are you going to fix some BR2?
1: BR2! That's how it's pronounced. She. <laughs> <She's new. laughs> She's um, Yeah, we could do that. Um, I took the the lead writing on this one mm. again. Uh, Straff to Despicable Me two lab three. Surprise! Surprise! I had some ideas already. That's all I want to say.
0: Really? You're not known for having ideas.
1: What the fuck? How <laughs> <I> rude! <laughs> I'm gonna run out of my room and cry.
0: Uh, little peek behind the scenes. Matt writes all the scripts before I write any of my scripts. <laughs> and I was doing episode one this season. And Matt was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? We haven't even discussed what the episodes are yet. Doesn't done. matter. I've got them already. They're already done. This... And me and Tim are just sending messages. Fuck you,
1: Matt. <laughs> it, it is a point of frustration for literally everyone who knows me. It's like, oh, Matt, we're going to work on a, on a script. Done it. I've done it all. It's done. Um, no, but so... we were going to. Done. It's done. Did you hear me? I like the idea. We could cast no, Mm because I've already done it. Show me what you got. (laughs) So let's talk about some details, shall we, everybody? Please hit me with some details. Should we do our
2: traditional Rotten Tomato estimation? I am
1: excited. So
0: I'm guessing a big gap, a significant gap. Yes, I'm. I have an early prediction. Okay, because the uh, sequelizers, we had a habit of getting films that were like. 60, 50 to 60 points apart where the first one was like 70 and then the second one was 20 yeah. or whatever. So I'm going to guess a significant, significant gap of that kind of range. Uh, let's hmm. uh, let's have
2: your guesses for Battle Royale 1 first.
1: Ooh. Battle Royale Um, I think it's not going to be as high as everyone thinks. I agree. Because of the nature of uh, contemporary reviews being quite yeah. Mm-hmm. Slim on the ground, basically. I'm going to say it's a 73.
0: Oh, I was going to go 80 square on.
1: I think it's massive 90 for me personally, but 73 yeah. is what I think it's going to get.
2: Jack is closer. Oh. With, it scores 87. that's, oh, that's,
1: that's good. That's,
2: that's about that's right. Deserved. I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's, that's fair. Right. That's, that's fair. fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just nodding, nodding, nodding heads. What do we think for Battle Royale 2? At that point,
1: people would know significantly it was less, and it slagged off America. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that it has an anti nine uh, eleven well, or pro nine eleven. I don't uh, know how yeah, you word that gauge. phrase. You know what
1: I mean. It's about as politically confused as the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say more so. I Have a weird memory. I'm going to bring up as a little diversion. Is it nine eleven? No. Okay. Oh, uh, Thank God. For the that. Tokyo Metropolitan Government Building. Those two tower thingies mm. at the up in. Sorry, I went up those um, and I turned to my wife and said, Hey, these blow up in uh, Battle Royale 2. She went, What? I said, It's a film. She went, I know what it is. Why are you mentioning it now? Just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because of that, I'm going to say this went down only to 41.
0: Oh, we want to lower than that. 35.
2: Lower still, 30%. Wow.
1: Uh, fair, but. Uh... Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: agreed. With, a, with an audience score of 29%. Oh, wow. Um, whereas the audience score for the original Battle Royale is eighty nine, so yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the audiences
1: the... we usually can tell them to fuck off because I mm. don't even know what I'm talking about most of the time. But because, um, as we know, Transformers: Age of Extinction, highest <laughs> grossing film of the year, but Dark Knight Rises, Darker Roses. Mm. Um, but that does fit. That's pretty uh, pretty
2: matches up with yep, what the yeah, dive. Yeah, yeah. Yep,
1: yep. I totally agree with Are both of those numbers. Feel? Yeah, but don't worry, we're going to fix it quite easily. Yeah. Um, we'll keep the release year of 2003. Nothing wrong with that. Good. That's fine. No problems there. Uh, we're going to change the title. Requiem and Revenge are boring. Very cliche. Yes. Very early 2000s, but very... Eh. Oh, yeah. Really early 2000s, yeah. yeah. Mm. Matrix uh, whenever reloaded.
0: I hear Requiem, I always think of Alien vs. Predator 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yep.
1: I think of Resident Evil, and that's not even one of the titles. No, it's not. <laughs> No. not.
2: They, they had all the other generic <laughs> extinction, <laughs> apocalypse. <Yeah>. Retribution. Umbrella. <laughs> I don't think Retribution is one of them,
1: but it sounds like it might be. Um, Code
3: Veronica.
1: <laughs> that generic title. Yeah. I like Code Veronica. It's a right game. It's a great title. No, um, <laughs> so we're going to call it Battle Royale 2 oh. Millennium Dawn.
0: That's a cool name. That sounds like a cool Japanese thing. Yeah, it's it's also because... Like, Japanese put like two like, like syllables in it. Yeah. Two, yeah. Battle two. Royale
1: 2 Millennium Dawn. <laughs> Which sounds like I'm being racist, but it's not. That's... <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit. I mean, a little bit, yeah. But it's more how I pronounce like DVD player. It's Dibudi D isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. yeah. And it's it's that. Um, my wife. Okay, so my wife studied Japanese in school, and it's I can't remember the word for it. But there's like borrowed languages thing. So they have literally. <laughs> we're not going to bother creating a new word for it. We'll just use the English <laughs> word. It's It's really funny
0: at work for me. I work with two Japanese people. Yeah. Um, and they will have conversations in Japanese fairly regularly. And then occasionally, blah, 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 Jack, blah, 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 <laughs> DVD player, blah, 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 the internet. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because yeah. a lot of the phrases from like very modern phrases like internet or browser or mm. yes, yes. these weird things that don't really translate because these languages predate those words. Mm-hmm. People don't bother translating them. Mm-hmm. And even seeing it typed out, mm-hmm. you see like all this kanji and yeah. then internet and you're like oh that's weird okay mm. and yeah that kind of works in a in a kind of japanese kind of way yeah like, it's
1: it's, it's the kind of thing that especially if you've ever like look at a, a like a a playstation game basically or an anime with certain titles it's because it has for lack of a better word good mouth feel when you say it in mm. japanese Celador. Celador. um so yes the the idea that uh, i think this again in japan it was like a um uh, it's just any sort of like asking for permission to go down there, or try and figure out where everything is and then having not entirely confident what the word is and you say I think I'm just going to wing it and just say it with the same pronunciation. Uh, pronounce it with a Japanese accent. Yeah, so it was like a, kind of not okay. Yeah, don't say like Credo And he goes, oh, like, oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> I was like, oh, this this, fine. <laughs> I did the same thing when
0: I was in Japan as well. Yeah. yeah. So it yeah. sounds massively offensive
1: but, and it um, level kind of is, but it's also like, it's kind of the nature of what it's like in Japan sometimes, yeah. unfortunately.
0: And we're privileged because we speak English. Yes. And we can go anywhere and basically say, like, oh, here's our word with your accent.
1: Is that right? You understand me. I mean Ramonet the, is the best the one because it's like we brought lemon well, we the Americans brought lemonade and they're saying, "Ah, uh, Ramon, got it. Yep. <laughs> and that's one of the biggest things they have <laughs> in terms of like soft drink. Anyway, so we're calling it Battle Royale 2: Millennium Dawn. There is also Lem- reason- lemonade dawn. Got it, lemonade yeah. dawn. Yeah. But there's a reason for this. It's not just because of the fact that you know it was the early millennium was in Millennium and 2000s, but the original Battle Royale Act in the film is called the Millennium Educational Reform Act. Ah, okay. So I wanted to I just bit like, oh, which this- is not as catchy as Battle Royale. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But equally, this is before the phrase millennials comes around. And feels like a don't like mm. a precursor. It's not together. Millennial Dawn. Millennial, millennial Dawn. Ma- <laughs> Hand over your wallets. <laughs> no money for you, kids. The, this time, the things, a... the things we're killing
2: are family restaurants and the diamond industry. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, God forbid we kill the diamond industry. I mean, I'm doing my bit. I'm doing my part, too. <laughs> to <it> Starship Troopers. <laughs> we're uh, also going to replace the director. For multiple reasons... Because he's dead. No, sorry, oh. the director of Batgirl too. <laughs> oh, okay, I mean, Fair yeah, enough. the dad also dead, that too. But uh, yeah, Kent as well. We're going to. Does this him. guy
0: do an awkward presentation with <laughs>
1: with ashes <laughs> with the other guy's dad's ashes? I don't think he would. <laughs> okay, I don't think he would. suit, no. it, suit yourself. <laughs> but I can't guarantee he wouldn't. <laughs> So faithfully speaking, we're going to go with uh, Katsuki Motohiro, who, um a fairly established Japanese director. He did a film, or actually a couple of films, the sequels isn't good, oddly enough, um, uh-huh. yeah, I know, called um, Bayside Shakedown. And it's a sort of like action comedy kind of thing. Um, did extremely well. It's, one, it's still one of the highest grossing Japanese films. Everyone's are basically. And then he did Psycho Pass, another different, um, I think he did the Furukuri anime stuff as well so he has a very good visual style and references and he's a very obvious go-to guy in terms of like in that age who could have done a half decent job we think in in my opinion Mm -hmm. um cast is an interesting one so returning cast we're keeping ricky takeuchi he will not be playing Ricky Tucky. Oh, <laughs> he boo. will be playing basically the same character, but with a name, because that's how
0: acting works. <laughs> they just call him Teacher in the. Ande. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we're going with uh, Toyonaga as the character's name. Okay. We're also bringing back. Uh, this is the thing with honorifics in Japanese names. Uh, I'm used to quoting and saying Nanahara Shuya but mm-hmm. then realizing that that's surname first name. Yes. So we'll turn that around. Shuya Nanahara. Um, Tatsuya Fujiwara is coming back because he's great. He's an identifiable person. Yep. Uh, what's that? Old man looks like a young man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Classic. <laughs> Noriko. Oh. Yeah, we're bringing that character Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Of course we are. Huge so, problem
0: we mentioned earlier with the second one. Hmm. Bring back Noriko. Yeah, she's so, great.
1: Um, Ali Maeda is coming back because she's a very good capable actor. She's very good in, in the five seconds she's in the fucking film. So yeah, she'll be main part. Now, with the entire class of 40 odd kids.
0: Have you not got a list of 40 different Japanese names? Here's but... the thing I did start one. <laughs> I knew you would.
1: I knew you would. I started one. I said one... that as
0: a joke and I was like, oh, I know what Matt's like. No.
1: I started one and then I You're immediately. Running thought, out of honorisms. Is... Yeah. And stuff like I thought, this is fucking stupid. So I had initially an idea for a huge cast, but in truth, there's no point. We could literally just sit here while I reel off a load of Japanese names and everyone in the audience goes, cool. <laughs> i'm gonna skip this bit yeah yeah um, well
2: done matt you've watched a lot of films yeah you know
1: a lot of people from the early 2000s be inappropriate you know how to use imdb i mean yeah that's how it works usually <laughs> so effectively the, the cast is almost in a weird way kind of irrelevant because they are largely disposable hmm. and rather than saying well here are the key you know pupils in truth it almost doesn't matter in a strange way. We can get any talented young Asian actor from Japan and that would be a really good fit, arguably. Or more accurately, with this specific director. No TV actors. Well, even then with the director, jo- I think you can, yeah, you can make yeah. it work. Um, but the story is interesting because it's going to start kind of the same. So if you're all sitting comfortably, we'll jump in with Battle Royale 2 Millennium Dawn. Please do, Matthew. Please do. Three years after the events of the first film, Shuya Nanahara and Noriko Nakagawa, uh, the survivors of the last battle royale tournament, have formed a rebel group called Millennium Dawn. The film opens with an attack on Tokyo's main financial district, causing chaos as adults' credit ratings and bank histories are instantly wiped due to the fascistic government sort of forcing all monetary trading to be kept
0: nationally. Do they escape on motorbikes,
1: magically, that appear in (laughs) the middle of Japanese Wall Street? Um... No. Oh. Nolan isn't directing this. now. suit yourself. <laughs> uh, we will have, obviously, as you say at the start of the film, do what Battle Royale usually does, have some giant title cards over some immense um, classic <laughs> music to explain what's happening. And like, oh my God. Oh. Anyway, as a counteraction, the government announces the second Battle Royale Act, Unlike the first Battle Royale programme, the adults are surprised to see several students actively volunteering. Mm. This is revealed to be down to heavy propaganda, marketing and misinformation, pitching Millennium Dawn as a disruptive terrorist cell rather than freedom fighters. A class of teenagers from Hamamatsu Junior High School
2: are similarly kidnapped to fill out the numbers alongside the murder-hungry enrollees and thrown together in a detention centre outside Nagoya. There is an immediate mix of fear from the selected students and disgust from those who signed up. This is broken up when they are introduced to their commanding officer, a school teacher named Toyonaga. The teacher explains to the group the situation is dire and attacks are happening all over Japan. He goes further and blames their entire generation for failing their country and the government has decided it is their duty to rectify the situation.
0: So it is millennial dawn after all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He also explains that the students will be outfitted with the same explosive collars and
0: sent in to either infiltrate or storm the Millennium Dawn headquarters. With little information about the exact whereabouts of Shuya's group, these kids are merely one of several tactical cells. Toyonaga adds that their devices will be paired to another student. This is demonstrated when one of the kidnapped class members tries to sneak out and one of the volunteers dies too. There is momentary panic and immediate friction between the two groups which is broken up by the teacher explaining that they must work together if they're to survive. He then calls out a list of the pairings. That does not go on for 20 fucking minutes. Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) And there's a guy holding a bloody rugby ball and then he gets shot and then he picks it up and it's all really dramatic and And
1: he whispers we are friends. Rugby. And we get the subtitle we are friends later. (laughs) (laughs) So when you first see it you think what's happening? Battle Royale 2 we are friends. (laughs) I mean you know, anime lessons. Better than Requiem. <laughs> the film takes time showing the two groups training and bonding. What? Hey, <laughs>
0: finally, we cracked it. All they needed is
1: that one sentence. Yep. With the kidnapped kids learning the horror stories that drove the others to enlist. By the end of the sequence, the group act as one and have gained immense and impressive mercenary skills, with some specializing in combat while others favoring technological warfare via remote-operated machine units. Two students are also given access to a prototype mech, which the government believes will end the conflict once and for all. Fired up, that's an in-joke for me and other Japanese-speaking people, (laughs) and hungry for what they believe to be honour-bound revenge, the group receive their orders and make their way to the ruins of Hadano. Upon arrival, the team infiltrate the city, but are caught up in an immediate
2: firefight with high casualties. Things start to change slightly when the mech unit is finally deployed and the guerrilla forces of Millennium Dawn are forced to retreat. As they do, the rebel forces are shocked to see their adversaries are actually fellow kids. Emboldened by this minor victory, the attacking teens celebrate and for a brief moment they are allowed to be kids. This quickly ends when they realise their collars are no longer active and that Shuya himself has arrived. A brief bit of infighting ensues, with several of the enrollees trying to kill Shuya but being talked down and blocked by the others, wanting to know why he has appeared. Shuya then explains the situation and does his best to break the brainwashing. The students reluctantly come around and have a moment of despair being manipulated so heavily by seemingly everyone. Shuya offers them a chance to be smuggled out to South Korea, or to alternatively stay and fight. After a debate, the students split ways.
0: So you're not smuggling them to Afghanistan, mate? Uh, no. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a shame.
1: That felt like a really long-ass journey that didn't make a great really? deal of yeah, sense. And been, yeah, and South Korea's mm-hmm. just it's being. almost like it.
0: South Korea makes a million times more geographical sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's literally the closest thing to Japan other than Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want to go there. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Those that
0: stayed with Millennium Dawn are introduced to the group and apologise for the attack. They are immediately forgiven and welcomed, especially as they can now commandeer the government's mech unit. Noriko dictates a new plan to break into the NHK building in Tokyo and broadcast worldwide what is happening in Japan. It is a highly risky operation, but they believe now they have the support and firepower to just about pull it off. In that moment, Noriko receives a communication from Shuya that the group who are being smuggled out to the Korean peninsula have been ambushed. We cut to an almighty battle just as Toyonaga delivers the fatal blow to Shuya. And takes the radio explaining that he is coming for them the new inductees are outraged and vow to avenge everyone but norika remains level-headed burying her emotions and explaining that they have to use the opportunity as a diversion and
1: act on their plan as soon as possible the others reluctantly and mournfully agree in the middle of tokyo an unscheduled shinkansen bullet train arrives at the station the students pour out in a hail of gunfire mowing down unsuspecting guards The group make their way through the city in a long battle sequence, taking out several aerial gunner towers and suffering casualties along the way. Once the towers are cleared, Noriko radios a message, and a helicopter carrying a shipping crate whips over through the skyscrapers towards Yoyogi Park. As it gets closer, a cable is released, and the crate crashes to the ground, releasing the mech unit which bursts into the relatively unfortified NHK building. Making it to the broadcasting room, Takuma... um, We're kind of keeping Taku as a character... Just in name only. Um, exits How the much does he love rugby, though, Matt? He is aware of rugby. Oh. He will rugby tackle someone with the mech. Cool. Sign me up. Yep. Uh, he exits the mech and forces a technician to upload the footage. The broadcast starts locking out the rest of the system just as um, a guard kicks the door in and kills the two mech pilots. The pre-recorded
2: message with footage of the government's actions is broadcast worldwide. Noriko watches the now-dead Shuya plead with the world for help to resist as we see Toyonaga executed by Japanese generals for failing his assignment. As the message continues, we see the student strike force getting overwhelmed by military forces and slowly wiped out before only Noriko is left. She is eventually killed as well, with blood splattering the screen she's watching, and the film closes on an uncertain air of whether the insurgents were victorious or not.
0: Interesting. Mm.
1: Interesting. I'd also say we shouldn't have a third film, I don't think. Maybe, yeah. maybe but I
0: feel not. I feel like a third film would maybe do the problem that a lot of third films do is over-explain the second one. Yeah. And kind of like No, they did survive and everything's fine. Yeah. Which is what happens in Battle Royale too. Yes. They're bombed to fuck and it fades to white, like Black Adder style, and they <laughs> run out into the oblivion and then they're in Afghanistan. <laughs> the fuck. You didn't do that, and I appreciate that. You, <laughs> you actually kill off the characters in a meaningful way.
1: It's Yeah, it has to have an impact.
0: Yeah, I think there are a couple of things a couple of things I have questions about, but I want to kind of focus on the, the positives for a moment. Sure, sure. I like making sure you're a martyr. I think that works really well for him mm. completing his character arc from the first one, mm. becoming a freedom fighter and a rebel, and then going on to kind of... Be the voice of the voiceless yeah. in that in that broadcast, and whether it's successful or not. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and fa- then, the
2: fact that he dies getting people out exactly. Is, is yeah. Very, yeah, yeah. He doesn't just
0: die. It's a hero's death. Hold up in a cabin somewhere or the uh, castle or whatever the hell that thing is. Candlelit Manor, exactly. Mm-hmm. Candlelit Manor in the middle of nowhere, like not really doing anything. Yeah, because it's really not clear what Wild Seven are doing. They're just hanging out in place oh, in an the island. middle of nowhere, yeah. island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They've, they've your got an EMP. Are, an EMB, according to the yes. subtitles. Because yeah. <laughs> reasons. And they say that about 18 times in that scene. Yeah. yeah. I assume it's a similar kind of thing because you mentioned the the things are deactivated. The collars are deactivated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I assume it's less clunky and shit. <laughs> and I'm really imagining like the reveal of Shuyan There had a real clear kind of cinematic picture in my mind. Mm-hmm. I've almost like an Akira style shot of like him appear almost appearing out of nowhere everything like time almost stops and they realize their collars aren't beeping that's almost exactly what's and he kind of appears as like oh fuck it's shuya mm. like, it's an entrance it's the, it it's the guy yes. from battle royale yeah the one before he's he's the survivor mm-hmm. almost like almost like they wouldn't know his name like he's the survivor from yeah. the first mm-hmm. one or something like that
1: and that they all um, then start spilling over each other to just like half the one want him dead i can see and without sounding ridiculous i can see it a Japanese cast doing that really well. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Because they, it feels very Japanese,
0: and yeah. uh, like I can picture that shot yeah. as a very low, almost like he appears as just a silhouette or something like that. Yep. And you're like, yep. oh, Mark, is this guy?" And everybody stops to pay attention to him, mm. which makes him feel so much more significant than he is in the second yeah. one. Yeah, Elevate and him. I think that's a, that's a whole point, and you're bringing back Noriko as well. She then feels a lot more important because she's not in mm. Requiem at oh, all, that's basically, so and her and Shuya being those kind of two sides of that coin and working well together in that yeah. splitting the party and all that kind of thing, to use a and d term. Hmm. Um, I think that works really well, and Korea makes a whole lot, hell of a lot more sense. Um, do you want to explain what NHK is, by the way, Matt? Yeah, because I think appreciate- I, I, People who know about Japanese culture probably know what it is. Yes.
1: But- NHK is a... Uh, NHK? it's NHK is the national broadcasting company of Japan. It's their BBC. It's their BBC. It's Pretty their much. CNN. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, PBS, I guess, this is the national yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But effectively, yes, it's the national thing. Um, so uh, contempt. You know, biography moment here. Pointless. Uh, I uh visited Japan. What?
0: <laughs> it is true. No.
1: And we stayed um near Yoyogi Park and walked past. And thought, oh shit, NHK, like studios here that's that's crazy it's just right next to the and it's literally next to yogi park which has like um uh sort of stadium rink area where they do like the, the athletics park stuff and next to the major jingo shrines so it's a big tourist area and then Shibuya's is right there it's like oh it's really centralized and then uh, when we were coming up with the pitch for this trying to work on an idea that you know why is the world allowing japan of all places to kill yeah. its kids mm.
0: it's not if I remember correctly it's not really addressed what's happening in the rest of the world at this point it's like no britain has its own battle royale yeah. it's like gb br2 <laughs> like, you know oh what i mean my like, god is is that happening? Is it specifically a Japanese thing? Because the first one very much focuses, like you mentioned, it's a cultural thing. Yes. Yeah. It's very much focused on the hierarchy and the structure of, mm-hmm. in a negative way, like spinning Japanese society to its nth degree in a yes. negative way and mm-hmm. making the... As science fiction usually does. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an apocalyptic. Here's where Kaplan's going to lead us, mm-hmm. and then this is yeah. how Japanese society and hierarchy kind of works. The second one just kind of like, yeah, they've got an island now.
1: It's very Where? Well, yeah. What
0: island? Yeah. How? What? Aren't other countries worried about a terrorist group taking over an island? Yes. The fuck are you talking about? Mm. And then America suddenly cares <laughs> because reasons. Because they need to. Uh, what reasons, yeah, yeah. Because they need to stick their nose in, in everything. In the
1: book specifically, it does point. I mean, in the film, it just means like that. Kids are bastards, and they you know carry knives in schools. Therefore, we have to start wiping them out. It's like that's a bit of a fucking leap. Mm. So do adults. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're fine with them they're okay they pay taxes we can, we can kill adults that's fine yeah but it's interesting because in the sort of time as well when Japan the early 2000s when the birth rates started going down mm, yes and school I mean a big thought like a lot of uh, you know, anime and film plots is the idea of our school is being shut down or merged with three other schools we want to keep our school open come and go to our school and so it's it's a very much a a Japanese cultural thing effectively it speaks to that culture So the film makes it a little more grounded, whereas in the book, if I remember correctly, it is like, this is a proper fascist government. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. And they've been like, you know, that's part of their their plan, as it were. And so I've sort of tried to bring a bit of that back. Now, admittedly, I feel it can be developed more. Yeah, I think a thing that you do
2: more than the film does but that I would also like to see more I agree, yeah. is a better idea of like what what does day-to-day life look like for these kids before they get kid-
0: kidnapped? Like yeah. what is life in this fascist society like? And, and you kind of touched upon that with the world building Hunger Games does mm. and that's probably my favourite thing about that series mm. is the way that it builds up is it Pan Am? Pan Am, yeah. The Yeah. Mm. The, the, the society and the, the continent I guess mm. that they're on I really like that world building side of it and seeing the you know, the people fighting for the scraps in the in the mm. tournaments and whatever and then also the the affluent the, the adults in this case or the, mm. the rich people in Hunger Games kind yeah. of seeing that other side of things. We kind of I guess get a glimpse of that in, in Toyanaga in the new uh teacher character, mm, I guess, mm, in the, the commanding mm. officer character. Would he still have a collar on? Is that is that a thing you would no, keep? No. I agree with you. Mm. I think that I think that works with him not having that. In, it could in your incentivize version.
1: him. It could be interesting, but I think more just him being someone who vindictively just hates kids. Yeah, mm, yeah. I think sense.
0: that makes him a lot more menacing, more of an antagonist because mm. there isn't really an
1: antagonist
0: in the second one either. There's like no there's kids fighting kids, mm. and then there's bombs from America, and America's the bad no, guy. Like, okay, okay it's like sure. You're an antagonist, it's America. There's no person that you can kind of direct your evil like hatred to or anything like that. Yeah. Whereas he is just kind of like he is an asshole. And kills a kid in no, front of a bunch psychotic. of other kids. Yeah, yeah. And then everything's fine because he wants to play rugby. And they're like, no, oh, he was a good guy after all. <laughs> no. I mean, he did kill kids <laughs> in front of other kids in a prison for kids. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a bad guy. That's like the, oh, Kylo Ren, you know, oh, Anakin mm-hmm. Skywalker, they'll come back around like... They're genocidal murderers, Master Skywalker.
1: What do we do? <laughs> no redemption for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing of like trying to redeem that character. I'm surprised it's not Battle Royale to redemption. Oh yeah, um, yeah. but I like that you kind of turned him into like he's a bad dude. He yeah. should be mm. a bad guy. He has to and be the the face of adulthood. Exactly. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. And I'd quite like to maybe see, like, um, you mentioned like he's failed his mission. What exactly was his mission specifically? Cause they do kill Shuya, which is cause they very specifically in the original mm. in Requiem. Yes. It's killing Shuya mm. is the specific goal. It's assassinate the leader. Mm. Whereas I guess yours is more of a They'll wipe them all out, bring the organization down yep. from the inside. Because this isn't thing. just like a couple of because he succeeds in his mission from Requiem, but you have not given him the same mission from. Yes, that, that's things. correct. Yeah, that he, makes sense. The
1: mission here is more the idea that you have to literally wipe this. And again, that they, they don't not really know where they are. Hence, why they're trying, trying up multiple cells, uh, and that's why there's lots of these thing sort of like potentials. Right. Um. Yeah. But that Millennium Dawn isn't just wild seven. It's not just a couple of kids. It's a big group of disenfranchised mm. teens, basically. And I guess if you've got the propaganda
0: for the Battle Royale 2 program, yeah, you've got the inverse of that in the the freedom fighting, Correct. Mm. terrorist-y kind of side yeah. of things as well. I think well.
1: there's certain scenes we could definitely put in to, I uh, say, first of all, do a bit of world building. Explain what life is like. Especially when I think we get a glimpse of it when the invasion forces as it were storms tokyo mm-hmm. being the capital and i mean was about mm-hmm. like the idea of uh I, again we rushed it because as we always say we have a limited word count for the for the synopsis trying mm-hmm. to get through so it doesn't sound like we're droning on too much yeah. but the battle through tokyo for example bullet train pulls up kids come out guns blazing and they'd be going through it, and you'd see what it would be like in this in this new city, basically. And mm. see, like, there's aerial gun towers, there's all this sort of stuff. I'd like want to see, like almost it's e- a strange thing. Like, 1984 equilibrium style mm. um, propaganda everywhere, yes, big Yeah, proper fascist, yeah. more cameras, that kind of thing. Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: Um, I quite like the idea of having that moment draw out longer than, the, like you said, that you could fit in the text, yeah. and having that we really actually get an idea of you know, daily life. Maybe yeah. we we follow a guy in the train station mm-hmm. yeah. and suddenly we cut from like mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. battles and explosions and then we have a quiet like five minutes with this guy who is mm-hmm. like, oh, he kisses his kids goodbye and he goes off and he's going to work and he's going to catch the next Shinkansen and he's just
1: I hanging think, out. Yeah, he's we could a bit easily... miserable and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, fuck kids, gunfire. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly yeah. you bring those two worlds together and kind of that twist that in a... Especially considering we have a, a terrorist attack at the start of the film Yeah. in the financial absolutely. district. You mm-hmm. could, could start quite unassuming with something that isn't too drawn out but something that mm-hmm. could actually do that quite nicely. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Or you could even have them trying to
2: sort of s- stay hidden to start with. Like the the fact that you have the mech Ooh, being like dro- that. dropped nice. off later in the film, you could, you could kind of have that kind of initial almost like an infiltration force who yes. like, are trying to get near to the thing... Uh, to, to the NHK station yeah. so that they can then, you know, like, clear the zone so that the yeah. net can be dropped off and, you know, with it... Yeah. With exactly. heavier Actually machine quite, guns. quite like that idea,
0: yeah. Tim, of you bringing in, like, kind of, like... Maybe we kind of combine my idea of having that, like, extended scene with the guy mm. and you see some recognisable characters... Mm. At the train station with us, yes. yeah, and or just like that's they mm. walk past him in the street. One yeah. of them bumps into him, and they're like, "Hey, kid!" And he's like, oh, but, and you that's, adult." And that's that's also like- a, a chance for
2: them to essentially, you know, like disguise themselves because we we see absolutely yeah. we see what life is like for Millennium Dawn, Dawn the the, the rebels. Yeah. We see what life is like for the the kids who are selected for the battle royale. We don't really see what life is like for. All the other teenagers in Japan who have to live with this system. The fear of
0: possibly. Would you see some like homeless teenagers Mm. and stuff like that? And some like they're they're being particularly subjugated Mm. or segregated or whatever it is. And they
1: could just be uh, watched the transition from someone who is effectively. a kid who gets started to say, you know, in a typical way, best way I could describe it is if you do like a World War II or even like an Occupy, anything occupied, like Occupy France, mm. uh, a career occupied by Japan sort of thing, mm. and you've got... Occupy Wall Street, like Daniel <laughs> is talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. yeah, in a manner. Um, so effectively the idea that, you know, mm-hmm. when you're trying to fight something that is everywhere, so the idea that it could be, just, you know, one of the members yep. mm. don't. Dorm- not at intentionally, but Shuntz accidentally passes a person in the busy street, and the adult starts chastising him for being a kid. Like, mm. you damn kids are respecting. I hope you get selected. To that kind of thing. Mm. Kids watching on, and yeah. the kid just p- turns around, pops him the gun, mm-hmm. and moves on. And that's just so shocking to other teenagers. Like, yeah, we yeah. don't have to put up with this. Mm. It's horrible because obviously what you're witnessing is murder. But yeah. at the same time, it's still a moment of like uh, realization that the oppressed, yeah, sure, can mm. rise. The Dean's Rise. Dean's Rise sounds like some sort of website. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: I think the other thing I'd really like to see is like um, you mentioned, like the aerial gun towers. Yes. Mm. And I really like 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 having a scene where there's like a couple of them that like, perhaps facing down the mech, and then there's like a, a a bomb that has to be delivered like past them. And then, like the met could kind of line up and perhaps like kick it between the two ta- the, the the two kind of posts yeah, yeah. with the with the area on that. Do you feel like c- the hand should go up at the end? Yeah, like
1: a yeah. Uh, Have you been watching the mummy recently? <laughs> <laughs> the mummy three, because <laughs> yetis do that. Oh yeah,
0: the Abominable Snowman guys Yeah, yeah. fuck that um, shit Tim,
1: I like what you're suggesting mm. Um, uh, As always with sequelizers we're always, We mm. always want to pitch new ideas mm. And things we think would be good Especially mm. for international audiences as well Yeah Uh, And I know you're trying to Sort of bring rugby in here Yeah Um, But um. Are you really passionate about rugby, Tim? I've never gotten that impression about you. Um, uh, I'm going to have to say it's, it's it's a good idea, but the thing is about the mech specifically, mm. I was thinking rather than being like Pacific Rim, huge thing, mm. it's going to be a very simple, almost like a tank. Gundam, yeah. Mm. Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's small. Yeah, like yeah. 400
0: feet tall Gundam, right? No, it's, <laughs> it's small. Yeah, it's in, in in terms of scales of Gundams. Yes, <laughs> 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 it's As one it's not, Gundam. It's not, not one ten of the Gundams. okay, right, right, no, right no, no, It's not small. like a Gurren Lagann one where it's Gurren the size of a universe. universe. <laughs> yeah, um, so no, it's no. a Zord, not a Megazord. That's what I'm hearing. <sighs> No.
1: Okay. It's uh, because it gets into the, the building. Stood still. Yeah,
2: a, a pat labor, perhaps.
1: Oh, pat Tim, labor. Welcome to the <laughs> the smile pat that i Good job. Yeah, that's it. It's like, it's it's. And also to point out because that, that does escalate the script. Like mm. Max, it's like. Mm. But it's the really thing that fucks me off is you get like the idea like these are the mercenary kids and like they idea of infiltration as well. Mm. The i the concept that we are giving these kids training to infiltrate a city that they have a confident idea that's where mm-hmm. they are. Mm. But to get back to the mission of what Toyonaga's mission is, have the kids either go and kill all of them or get close enough that the collars are go off and they'll die anyway. Mm. Right, yeah, And yeah. that's the kind of thing Is like, we'll take out enough of them anyway and if we don't go out another cell. We, and we know mm. where they are, they won't be able to mobilize in time. bump, That kind and, of thing. And you having
0: split up the cells and having different things yeah. means you can't just bomb the fuckers. No. Because that solves the problem straight away exactly. as we talked about mm. in, in Requiem. The wrong island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple of things about the mech is... Yes. Kind of comes out of nowhere, right? It's, I'm like, kind we're not of. really clear about when... How far into a fascistic future, I guess this could be set, or is it like well, no, it's, it's, it's an alternate, alternate. Yeah. timeline mm. of two thousand and three where yeah. there are mechs and stuff? Would there be mechs? Is that, uh, well, there is it feels thing. like that's a very big escalation in terms of the sci-fi stuff. Like, yeah. So my my logical theory, be... like neck collars, I guess that could exist. You could <laughs> yeah. do a Bluetoothy thing. They have those like light up things at taylor swift concerts and stuff that all mm-hmm. like pulse in time with the music and you there's get, you can 50, get uh, people and stuff dog
2: mm. collars that like shock them if they leave your house yeah exactly <laughs> that's horrible but that's sure. it
0: is but horrible
1: <laughs> for my kids exactly um,
0: but yeah it feels like a very big like it's a it's a oh move. fuck there's max now yeah. like That's a big statement in terms of... When we're talking about world building. Yes. It's like, oh, there's kids and blah, blah, blah. Imagine if a mech appeared in Hunger Games and you're
1: Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. is
0: going on? Well, here's
1: the thing. That could
0: work really well, but also could be a... It could fall apart, yeah. Oh my God, why are there mechs in this? My my (laughs)
1: logic is as follows. Uh,
0: Japan loves mechs. (laughs) (laughs) Three (laughs) words.
1: Uh, At the start, we would obviously do more of a... To explain what Mm -hmm. the universe is. And especially things like aerial gun towers and things. It's going to have a slightly uh semi-futuristic mm. sort of look to it. It's going to have a bit of it. Imagining almost like
0: a twenty ninety nine kind of style. Mm. Spider Man twenty
1: ninety nine kind, kind of, of but not again. Not, not, yeah, not that not that advanced. Mm. Okay. Not even like a Blade Runner style advance. It's much much okay. more subdued. Mm. It's it's okay. uh, Children of Men. Mm. Oh, now we're talking. Um, the idea that everything in Children of Men feels just. Mm. In reach, and it's just, just yeah. almost there. Yeah. Like, like for example, in children when it first came out, they have bu- um on the side of buses moving adverts, and it's mm. like, ah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, whoa. And you go on the underground, all they're all like you know, um, yeah. screens now with uh, mm. moving adverts, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, I think the way we would make it is more about the presentation of it. So, for example, and I hate this is more about the idea that we have got all these all these kids with the mercenary stuff. I always found it slightly annoying that. In the Battle Royale films... Well,
0: especially two. Not enough robots. Really. Not enough
1: robots. And also the idea that... Okay, here's a good analogy for you.
0: Uh-oh, here we go.
1: Rugby. <laughs> oh. In rugby, unlike, say, hockey... Played f- by robots. Yeah, unlike um, football or hockey or something... you will oh, have to be pansy sports. <laughs> you have to be universally good at stuff, right? You have to be all good at running and all good mm. at some things. Whereas in rugby, the idea is you're supposed to have a, a position for anybody. So if you're a short, stocky person, if you're a tall, lanky person, if you're just a regular build person, if you're good at running, if you're not good at running, if you're good at pushing, mm. if you're good at kicking, there's a position for you in rugby, arguably. And that's kind of nice. And that's why it's an all-rounded team sort of thing. There's a, there's a arguably a place for everyone, technically. Therefore, mechs. Therefore, mechs. <laughs> <laughs> so I always like the idea of, you know, in the first film, for example, you've got all the, the three, I think, three or four friends who are... Figure out the colors very quickly. Start dampening mm. the, the colors right. with, the, yeah, with yeah. the rags, and start trying to hack computers to figure out how to figure out the map mm. and all the things they need to sort out. And it's it's a it's a nice little additional side story, and it's it utilizes their skills in the same way I wanted to do it here with like I did like uh, remote controlled, effectively drones. Mm. Um, and it's like, well, you wouldn't just send everyone in with a gun; they'd die almost immediately, and they'd be paired up, and be, yeah, it literally, what happens in Battle Royale too. Mm. So obviously, you get the training to start with, to make sure they bond over things, and they get, you know, mm-hmm. a, emotional yeah. bonding and physical ability, which then obviously, foreshadowing turns on them when they end up infiltrating and successfully executing missions in Tokyo itself. Because mm. what did you fucking think would happen? Mm. Next thing is technology, so. We use things like drones and and other robot esque sort of like, you know, uh, infiltration units and things. It won't be full on Skynet style hunter killer drone. It won't be what drones we have now. It'd be just sort of early 2000s esque little rover kind of things. It'd be something different. So you don't run in, you do this, you're good with computers. Mm -hmm. The mech is very much the idea of this is a test, this is a prototype. Right. This probably won't work. It is basically a box tank with legs. It's not like a really cool animated moving mm. thing. It is a functional tank, effectively. Mm. Um, and so t- I think that's kind of a key point about getting across what it is and how it works and all that sort of stuff. It's less about the fact that it is a uh, a, a cool visual on the poster. It's more it's another type of gun. Mm. It's a t- I
0: almost imagine it like the, they're the R209s from Robocop. Like the other little prototype yes. things where it is just guns on legs, basically. <laughs> I like, mean kind yeah. of, yeah. 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 Um yeah. and a similar sort of size, like you said, not a Yeah,
1: it's not a huge stumping thing. And it's to get into a building, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think that's it's one of those things that's either gonna make or break the film partly. But I think with enough grounding of what this universe is and the nature of let's face it, the the, the novelty of the first one was the tension of seeing what was gonna happen and how they were gonna die, this one is gonna be a bit of an escalation to that saying, um, we know what's going to happen, but then you realize, who are they going to kill? Is it mm-hmm. going to be their own? Is it going to be their friends? Is it going to be mm-hmm. the people who turn them on themselves? That kind of stuff. And it is an uprising. It isn't meant to be like... <sighs> to, to paraphrase a Neil Jordan film of Michael Collins uh, about occupied Ireland before the uh, just after the Easter uprising, um, they send Irish cops to monitor Michael Collins and other rebels and things. And... The Irish cop's like, it's, it's Stephen Rea. And he says, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to hand you in. And Collins is a bit surprised by this. And Rea says, well, you know, follow you around. Listen to what you're saying. And it starts to make sense. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, why the fuck did you send him? <laughs> send an English dude to tell him who isn't going to listen to the propaganda, effectively. <laughs> not someone who might be fucking turned. Yeah, And it's yeah. the same thing with like, who do we send to, ki- to, to kill these kids? More kids. Yeah, I guess it kind of makes a weird sense in an awful way oh no, look, now they've all teamed up and we've trained these ones. Yeah, I
0: didn't really... I I agree with you, I didn't really get that kind of sense from Battle Royale too, that there's any justification that they're sending the kids? No. Just build, I mean... (laughs) build an army of adults i mean i <laughs> they know they're not allowed to and that's kind of part, well, the, part the i of mean this. it's
2: it's the it's the suicide squad thing of they're disposable yes um sure. and and it and it allows them to maintain the battle royale program while also having it be vaguely useful yeah yeah true, but yeah true. like especially with the island setup, it is like but if you yeah, have just a fu- yeah if you have a just spend it on munitions yeah. <laughs> if,
1: if you have a functional um uh how can I phrase it if you have a, an actual goal don't add a a reality TV element every now and again, yeah. which doesn't actually help you, go. or storm that island. They can't mm. have that much in the way of munitions. Yeah,
0: there's probably like a few dozen kids at most. Yeah, like storm it, <laughs> what bomb it- the fuck out of it, shoot it. <laughs> yeah, they're all dead. Not to go back to Dark
2: Knight
1: Rises. Oh, what are no. they eating? What are they eating? Oh yeah, candles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they've got a good supply of candles. Yeah, the beeswax comes from somewhere. It's the honey they've been eating. Mm. Yeah. Um. Effectively, it's it's like uh, the, it's Sugar's character's death mm. scene, where I think it's Mimi, Miki. She's in the 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 danger zone. Way to the <laughs> danger zone Lada. So if she's in that thing. She dies. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and he runs out and says, like, No, I want to. Don't come near me. And then because of the beeping, he gets like a little bit mm. of a monologue. And you think, are you going to use this time effectively and try and like just bum rush the building? Mm. No, I'm just going to stand there, stand without cover, mm. take some shots, pot shots at the wall, miss mostly. Uh, take a shot, keep fighting, you know. And then uh, the uh, collar goes off, and then seven of the kids run to him after he got sniped in the <laughs> face. Yeah, and I'm like, why isn't why isn't the sniper just shooting these as well? Yeah,
0: and that happens uh, a few times. There's the like just before the EMB mm. moment where they're being fired on from above by the wild seven, the cheers yes. group, like you're fishing about, you're mm. all dead. Yeah. There's no way. It was like that, yeah. moments where like, Oh, he survived because mm. he was in the corner, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets shot in the head. And there's a full mm-hmm. close up of like the, the really bad. Yeah. Uh, squib on on that guy's forehead Mm -hmm. like there's no that's just a bit of red paint on that guy's (laughs) forehead you put no effort into that Mm. and uh yeah there's moments like that where you're like none of you have cover you'd all be dead yeah and the wild seven in theory would mow you all down Mm. but they don't because considering
1: these kids don't have never held a gun before today Mm. and these other kids are killers Yeah. yeah yeah And that's why it's like you have to have the sort of almost Starship Trooper style training sequences. You need something to show that they are capable. and Agreed. Competent, and arguably, they should be somehow a little bit better because it needs to feel like, as as a weird comparison, Black Hawk Down, where you've got these people are fighting for their home in Mogadishu, but they're not trained. Whereas um, the you know the American the Rangers and that sort of stuff and the different forces in 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 that conflict are, but the mm. difference is they're overwhelmed. Mm. Now, obviously, that's not the situation exactly we've got here, but the idea is that which is better in that sort of most VC Viet Cong sort of mm. against the American Army in Vietnam sort of thing, which one is going to be better here? A half a bit of training where you've got a, like a, a, a mm. rushed um, induction program versus somebody who's literally fighting for their lives for a different reason. Mm. And it, it, it hopefully, we think, it would call up some really interesting visuals and I think some very, hope not necessarily heartfelt there's that kind mm. of film, but Definitely some moments of pause and poignancy with some of the deaths, um, and again some of the unfortunate deaths with the the, the, the linked collars, as it mm. were. But yeah, so I, th- I think I, visually it would the next up will be fine. I I think you
2: you do a very good job of taking the the potential of battle royale two mm. and and turning it into something worthwhile, whereas the actual battle royale two just kind of takes all that potential and then yeah. takes a squat on it.
1: <laughs> What was funny was um, Tim was watching the film behind the scenes here mm. and halfway through uh, g- gave it back to, to Jack to watch it was my, mm. my copy and said, I- I'll watch it, the rest of it later don't worry about problem at all. And said, I'm actually rather enjoying the first half. It's fine. And my logic was like, stop there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you will not enjoy the." I was like, I'll watch the rest later. And then sure enough, the but, second half is like so you said, slow. You've mm. got
0: the, the scene with the sensei in the gym and they're all like picking sides and the winners and the losers and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff it's very intense you've kind of bringing that tension from the first one Mm. then you've got the storming of the beach which is kind of nicely shot Mm. i do like the boat i I hate
1: they rush to kill them all off yeah the boat blowing up because one kid leans back on the motor when the collar goes off yeah (laughs) it's quite funny yeah it is yeah it's like you dumb bastards but what do you think
0: would happen exactly and it's a nice kind of I mean, he's basically like straight-up shots from D-Day, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Classic beach-storming kind of stuff. Saving, saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, saving yeah. Private Ryan absolutely. Um, and you've got that cool opening half an hour or so, like mm-hmm. you said, and then as soon as everything settles down, it just gets really boring. It is And you, man- you managed to dodge that with yours. I think you'd have that initial kind of action-y bit, like you said, with the, with mm-hmm. the terrorist attack in the main financial district and all that kind of stuff and then take the time to build the characters in an interesting way granted you kind of skirt over like i would take time to build the characters and make, <laughs> sure, make yes, sure they yes. bond and ev- all the acting is good and there are no problems here nope. but we're kind of restricted with the format we, do we, we have with the, yes Ass- assume everything goes fine and matt's great and the actors are great and sure the script's is great and, yeah exactly but i think that's the difference that's a that's the key difference there because like i said my main problem is not only do you lose the tension which is mm. probably the main problem for me mm. the second thing is you're killing these kids off before we even know who any of them are apart from that kid likes rugby that kid's got weird hair you know there's a couple of moments yeah. but mm. like having a big hairdo is not a characteristic no that, it, that you it's also you frustrating about that they
1: put them all in the same camouflage in the same helmets and you can't tell who's who yeah that's that's yep. a real issue and, and, and then not, not like a literally an awful racist statement no, 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 but no, i no, mean no. like a black hawk down was the same problem it's like mm. you can't tell the characters apart it's like yep. yeah we know and they're all like gray it's a mm. really yeah. like, the, the cinematography doesn't help because of the no. it's quite flat so thank you very much for kind very kind mm. words um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna expand universe world building stuff. Show more of the things. Maybe introduce a sub character who lives in the world, mm. and then you know that comes together in the same way that you meet the cop in Sicario. And they, oh yeah, that's like, where, a where the Great, fuck is this that's going? A great analogy, yeah. mm. absolutely. And then by then you go, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> Sicario is so good. Yeah, yeah. Sicario is good. Um, anything else we could think to to change or bring to it? Anything that needs effectively.
0: I think you have kind of, like I said, you kind of tackled my main problems with it mm, and nice. brought in a Mac. So yeah, Wariko gets a whole lot more to do. I, I wanted That's to make sure she was up well. with the plan Absolutely. as well. I
1: wanted her to be like, because in the, in the first film, she's very much, oh, Shannon, I'm so, I'm so weak. I'm so very. Oh, please hit me. I just wanted, to, and it, but I wanted her to be emboldened by the experience, yeah. and become an actual leader. And mm. the fact that she gets the final shot as well. Yep, literally mm.
0: and in a cinematic cinematic kind of way as yeah, well yeah. like it's her blood splattering on the screen and as she knows she messages dead played yeah, yeah yeah and they kind of i guess they kind of know they're heading to their death and she like you said that that's the development there because again a lot of these films have the problem of like yeah, let's copy and paste some characters from the <laughs> first one Hey, there's the there's the naughty kid, and there's the yeah. other kid, and there's the, oh look, it's that one nerd. It's the, it's <laughs> yeah. the nerd stereotype and stuff, and like, but having Noriko kind of step up and be a leader alongside mm. Shuya, and like you said, going from like oh I'm so weak, oh no I'm I'm I don't want to fight, I'm too too mm. scared to do anything, and then actually stepping up, and being like no, I believe in this yeah. Shuya and what we've been through together have kind of shown me mm. that I can be stronger and I can yeah. push mm. myself and inspire other kids and stuff and having her be a strong female character is a thousand million times more interesting than her in the desert she's in f- in, in a hijab <laughs> for 5 minutes in Afghanistan um yeah I think that that's mm. uh, you fixed all the main problems I think and like we said it's in theory not to not take the Kind of wind out of your sails, but it's such an easy fix. It is. Mm. It is. It, it, the setup it, is there. It's so close to being good, mm. and it just needs a couple of tweaks here just and there. Escalate, chuck a mech in, mm. and you the problem solved. <laughs> and the the director pick sounded like, um, yeah. He, the the
2: uh, the um, first film you mentioned by his, I think I've heard of. Yes, his, he did um, a sequel as well. Um,
1: yeah. but I, I, again, I'd say I'll show you a trailer after we've done <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. It's like,
0: slightly less kind of. Um, masturbatory than the son doing this whole thing in tribute to his dad yeah and I mean I understand him, it's why this weird, aware, like, but... it's this grieving process that he's <laughs> using the film for yeah. in a way and it's all a bit weird yeah. so the the less kind of no offence to him and his grieving or mm. anything but like getting away from that and having that affect the film and bringing in someone like you said Matt who's kind mm. of a, a tested, tried and tested steady yeah. hand in Japanese cinema and at that point and someone
1: who's disconnected Although Absolutely. I'm sure eventually I'm pretty sure Base Shakedown is on the list because I'm pretty sure the sequel is not great. <laughs> so we'll probably come back to that. Tune at some point. in for that later, listening. At which yeah. point we'll bring in Kenta Fosaka.
0: Ah, <laughs> it all comes back round. Yeah,
1: cause he'll have on time now to exactly. deal with it.
0: Speaking of all coming back round, that pretty much wraps us up yeah. for the episode. Yeah. Wouldn't you say gentlemen? I would say so. And Matthew. <laughs> Where can people go if they want to follow you on the internets?
1: Um, if you want to tell me why a mech was a bad idea and then I can just show you a load of images of mechs and say, fuck <laughs> you. Um, lots and lots and lots of mechs.com. Yeah, I can I, okay, show like like mechs from the board game Scythe or from oh, like Command and oh, Conquer and shit. Get some Scythe style. Yeah. yeah, Very bulk nice. standard stuff. Yeah. Right, uh You can do that on Twitter, Instagram, those things. Uh, Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You all know this by now. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? well they do they, they message me they're good they're good people sequelizers are good people yeah we are and well, sequelizers fans <laughs> are pretty damn good people too yeah so you can do that uh, if you want to read my reviews for things theredrighthand.co.uk um, if you want to see the films I'm making the series I'm making again filmed in Japan with a fucking mech because of course I did you literally
0: have a Gundam in your room. I do yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you can go to cheesemint.com so high budget Uh, no
0: much whack much whack
1: much whack
2: Tim (laughs) Uh, you can find me the easiest place is Twitter at trivia underscore lad where I'm using usually spouting off about some nonsense um, probably talking about comics but uh, occasionally about I don't know films or hot wings or something hot wings have you Do seen enjoy the, a Hot Wing?
1: The Hot Wings, uh, Friends of ours introduced this to me recently the uh, Hot Wings interviews thing. I can't remember Hot Oh, yeah. Ones, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I haven't seen it before. Really? Though.
0: No. I, oh, it's huge on, they, on, on the me. YouTubes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Matthew. I'm, I'm only skirting the YouTubes. Um, I assume you saw the Paul Rudd meme and was like, well, that's, what's that from? And then Paul <laughs> Rudd's a charming, delightful man. Mm, no, I saw the Terry Crews one. Oh, I can get
1: on Terry Crews. Yeah, yeah, good and too. the Steve yeah. Austin one.
0: Yeah, a bit of Stone Cold. Stone Cold's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Selling his new beer. Because of course he is, yeah. I don't know what it's called. Uh, broken skull. That's of course
1: it's skull.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Steve Austin's
2: birthday today. It is what? Yes. So uh, listeners, you can, use, you can use you can use that to work out
0: exactly when we recorded this episode. We have the mm-hmm. kind of listeners that will Google that and be like, "Ah, like, hey, happy birthday!" We have the kind to- of listeners who will know that off the top of their head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it must be this date. Happy birthday to stunning Steve Williams. Mm-hmm. His name in WCW oh, know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then stunning Steve Austin because he had that beautiful mop of hair. Ice cold man over his, what was the temporary name that yeah, the the, the frost frosty man, Fro- frosty,
2: <laughs> Mr Frosty. It's like it's like <laughs> he's Mc, such fun,
0: <laughs> M- M- Mc Frosty or something like that, and uh yeah, eventually yeah. settled on Stone Cold, thank God. Mm. Jack, if, if people
2: want more wrestling knowledge from you, oh, where can they find you on the internet? Come to
0: the right place oh. at JLW Chambers on Twitter, Instagram, and probably not Facebook. Don't I'd be on Facebook. That's weird. <laughs> stick, stick with Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is uh, full of wrestling stuff. Whether I'm talking about the independent British scene, talking about I don't particularly watch WWE stuff anymore, but I still comment on it because You're aware of it. it's it's, big. The, it's the thing. Um talking about the the fairly new promotion, AEW recently started in America as well. Um Are you an NXT gentleman? I am an NXT gentleman. That's about the only WWE product I consume in any sort of regularity. Um some of the British stuff I really enjoy is like Progress and Riptide are really cool. They're really um like very progressive and like LGBT friendly a uh, group in Brighton that is really like cinematically shot cool and uh, I I'll regularly retweet their their posts and their wrestlers are really cool and interesting and stuff so if you want more of that come and join me on Twitter we'll talk about wrestling talk about video games uh, yeah that's about my two probably my main things I talk about on, on the tweets
1: do you talk about vegetarian food? No,
0: not really. No, sorry, I'm not my, I'm not my, despite, despite my size, I'm not much of a foodie. <laughs> I just eat too much. Often ask things me if I, I like. my
1: on, on, on Twitter. No. Ask me. No. Ask me. No. Tim, ask me. Fuck. No. Oh, God damn you people. <laughs> I'm going to tweet myself now.
0: And if you, dear listeners, would like to support us and get these episodes ad-free, early, with bonus extra content... We had a whole fucking discussion on the outtakes of this episode. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. You can hear stories, from, rants. stories from Japan. mighty bean anecdote.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was so intense that I want to see it animated so badly. I know, right? The, get, get on it, animators. The rage with which he describes the situation oh, is yeah. fantastic. And there's
0: a fantastic... I throw something in a bin at the end of that story. Yeah. <laughs> the fury. Like, like I've never done before in my life. <laughs> And uh, you can get all that by going to patreon.com slash sequelizers Mm -hmm. and enjoying our commentaries that accompany some of these movies, enjoying outtakes that accompany some of these episodes as well. And, yeah, we really appreciate your support. If you can't, don't worry. The main show is always going to remain free and available on all good podcast services. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you very much for your support. If you, for some reason uh have a
2: virulent dislike of our uh, new ads for stitcher premium which you should definitely check out at stitcher.com slash premium oh yeah use code word sequelizers uh you can uh
1: just so give smooth. us some so give subtle. us some
2: money on patreon and then you get ad free versions of the show yeah so Even you know from a
1: dollar it's ad free yeah perfect you miss out our little stuff but you can listen to it as well at the same time yeah yeah same thing. um but we are in truth very proud about 2020 tears as silly as it sounds because all the merch stuff and everything else in there so if you are interested check it out if you're not that's cool um jack you can say that classic phrase you wanted to say for so long you can now finally say each week i love you matt Oh, uh, and see you, lo- week, you, <laughs> ah. Ah. see you next week listeners I love you Max Tax
0: Max See you Max week Spicy <laughs> beans <laughs>